Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. Okay, here we go. Y'all ready for this? This is part two. We're activating your spiritual weapons. How many people understand you have spiritual weapons? And the Lord has invested them in you and, and, and given them to you, and he expects us to actually use them and uh, to have, I believe, tremendous results in this life. And um, so I'm going to just pray one more time. We'll get into the word. Father God, we just thank you for the privilege of knowing you and making you known. We thank you for the power of your word, power of declaration. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to lead us into truth. Show us the way that we should go in this generation. Give us clarity. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better. Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so just a quick review. We talked last week, and this is kind of also uh, with a theme of we're launching the prayer rooms, uh, as Candace shared earlier. Uh, the first one is Tuesday night right here at 630 PM, and uh, you don't want to don't want to miss it. It's gonna, you know, I, I love getting in on the very first, and you can say I was a founding member of that when you know, <laughs> you know, you get you get there when it when it first launches, and I just feel a great expectation in my heart of what God's going to do through this this prayer room, and we're basically going to do kind of harp and bowl, or, uh, prayer and uh, and response through musical prayer and just setting an atmosphere. Uh, by which I believe we're, the Lord said it's time to fire the big weapons again. And, uh, you know, we're la- launching the, the prayer cabins out at Eagle's Landing. The missile silos are being stationed back in a hidden place in the forest. Seven prayer cabins, one for each continent of the world. And uh, at the same time, we're launching the prayer room here. And I like to call it the prayer realm. How many people know that you can get in a realm, you can get in a high place. And uh, from that place, you have a vantage point and a place where you can, you can launch stuff that you normally couldn't, couldn't launch. And there's something about, I talked about the power of assembly coming together. It's not uh, the, the prayer where Jesus actually, uh, he encourages, encourages us to go into the prayer closet in a hidden place. He, he encourages that. But there's also, all through the scripture, there's a time to come together in the assembly, in the great assembly, and, and, and launch uh, prayer and worship in the great, great assembly and with agreement. We talked about agreement. We talked about understanding that we're in a war. This is reviewing uh, last week, just a couple of thoughts. Um, and that uh, Satan has a, is, is a formidable foe, but he's a defeated foe, but he has an organized kingdom and he's allowed to still exercise things in this realm. So God has, has allowed the demonic realm to be there, I believe, to train us Training for reigning, some say, right? To train us how to fight, how to fight the good fight of faith. And it forges our character by having adversity. Anyone figure that out in this life? Going through suffering and challenges, we get changed. And I feel like God's preparing us so we don't just slip into heaven just without any preparation. There's a a beautifying of the bride. Amen? And I believe a crescendo at the end of the age, as the world is getting uglier and uglier, the, the bride will be becoming beautified, more and more beautiful, holy unto the Lord. There's a purity and a unity that's coming on God's people 
that's going to be absolutely remarkable. It'll be an opposite spirit of what you're seeing happening in the world. Amen? So just a quick review on that. We talked about there's the three heavens, uh, the power of elevation and, and of assembly, corporate anointing, and the power of agreement. Those things. I've just given you, throwing those out there. So let's get into what the Lord has uh, for this morning. Uh, first, I want to start with, oh, I, I actually, I have one more announcement. I just I wrote it down here. Praise be to God. We have Baptism Sunday coming up. Uh, and when is that? April 24th. April 24th. So if you have a desire to be baptized, uh, and if you've never been baptized out of obedience to the Lord's word, I uh, highly suggest you do such a thing. But Check in with God and say, hey, God, is this my time? If We've had people that rededicate their lives sometimes and feel like, I, I just need to be baptized. I need, I need a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost and get back on track and all that good stuff. And so we, have, we make it really festive and really fun. We go out back here with a big tub, and it's a, it's a good time. So, and um, there's nothing like obeying the Lord in baptism, right, and the things he's called us to. And so if you're interested, we want you to probably talk to Candace. Uh, you can just say, talk to her, and we'll have a, a pre-meeting with those who want to get baptized at the end of April, okay? All right, let's get into this. Activating your spiritual weapons. Now, uh, today I wanted to start off with point, uh, the first point for today would be the power of declaration. The power of declaration. Okay, we, we know... Psalms 19, verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So we know that all of creation is declaring God's glory. And uh, how many people enjoy creation and, and being out in the glory of the Lord through what he's created? And, I mean, some people are just off the scale. That's where they find God, right? You know, stuff like fishing and stuff, right? And so, um, but how many people understand also that we are to declare the glory of God? We've been given that privilege to declare the word of the Lord and the power of declaring uh, what God is saying in the earth. And we know that when we declare God's word, when we speak it forth, okay, there's a power that comes out. Just as all of creation was created by the word of the Lord, as he just spoke things into existence well, there's a power that he's invested in his people to declare the word and things that are not become alive, materialize. Things that are not come forth. And uh, we know that his word does not return void. And we know that Jesus himself, when he was under the onslaught of the enemy, under the attack of, of Satan himself being tempted, um, how did the Lord respond with, it is written? It is written, a declaration of the word. And, and if, if that was good enough for the Lord when he was under attack, hello, you know, what, what are we going to do when we're, we're under attack? We need to know the word. We need to declare the word. Um, and it's the swinging of the sword. It's the sword of the spirit. You know, I've, a, year, a, few, a couple years ago, I was making fun of it, but all the movies, I think since Braveheart are one of those big ones, where, where when it came to the sword, you know, they, whenever they, they're drawing that sword, they, they get that shring. Right there, and it's like way too loud. It's like if you really pull a sword out, it's not like this. But shring, you know. But the enemy needs to hear your shring, you know, when he comes against you, you know. You just gotta 
pull it out and start to declaring the word. It is written. And you begin to, to speak words of life when he's trying to bring lies of death against us. Amen? And so the power of declaration. I remember when, when Sarah got a hold, my wife got a hold of this. Man, she, she, I mean, I remember her going around, the, going around the house like, I declare and I decree. And da, 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 da. I was like, whoa, you know, duck, mama's got the sword out again. You know, it's like, it like, I declare and I decree, you know. And she, and she be, and, but stuff started to happen. Mountains started to move under the power of God's word as we declare. So, so don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy about it. And on these Tuesday nights when we begin, we're going to be declaring and decreeing the word of the Lord. And, and God will back it up. It's his word. And we're just coming into agreement. We're coming into alignment so that he can release power and glory and victory in the earth. He waits for the, the saints to decree how many times are angels bound up going, man, I wish we could do something about this mess on earth, but the saints aren't, aren't agreeing, aren't declaring it is written and proclaiming boldly with a public utterance. But the actual word declare in Hebrew, it means to make clear or to make plain. To make clear, to make plain. It's, it's more than just a, an, an utterance. Uh, it's more than just volume. It's, there's something about, there's a clarifying. How many people understand we need clarity in the times we're in? There's such confusion in the earth. And, uh, and, and, and when someone just declares something as simple as God is good, there's a power that's released that pushes back the darkness and the confusion and the lies where uh, they would come against a generation going, no, don't trust him. He's not good. That's just dead religion and all this stuff. And, but, but when people begin to declare life, and declare the truth. Things, be, uh, things become to begin to materialize. And you know, when Pharaoh said to Joseph, you remember, remember Pharaoh, he had that dream. And, and he brings all the wise men, gathers around, and the soothsayers, and all the divination. And no one had the power. No one could get it done. It's like, and he, says, he, he actually said it like this. He goes, um, that there was no one that could declare to me. Uh, and that word declare, again, no one could explain to me, no one could make it clear to me what this dream was. And, and we have the privilege of, through declaration, whether there's people listening or not, every time we declare the word of the Lord and we stand on the authority of God, things begin to clear up. And we're in a time of such deception at the end of the age that Jesus warns against it explicitly. And we need a people who know the power of declaration. No, the Bible says, the word of God says, it is written. Right? And so, what are you doing back there? Maybe, maybe you're going to do that air up here a little bit for me. Okay, so, um, and, and the, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Has God been good to you? Then declare it, right? Share it. It's a privilege of the saints We're to express the goodness and the truth of God in our generation. So part of what we do in a prayer room setting, or and this can apply at home. This doesn't have to be just on a, on a Tuesday prayer realm, prayer room, but uh, is literally reading praying, declaring the word, and then we'll also put it out there through song. There's something that happens when melody goes out as well. 
Anyone experienced that? The power of, of the word spoken out loud, utterance, but also with song and melody. That, 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 somehow it just puts it in the air over a city. Things start to change. Woo, who's ready for some change? Okay, so that, I'm not going to go too long on that. There's much more we could do, a whole thing on just declaration. But I want to get into the next one. This is a big one. The power of beauty, point number two. I want to talk to you about the power of beauty. When we come before the Lord, beauty is a weapon, guys. And the devil tries to use it against us. Okay? And I want to read with this scripture. Actually, I meant to start with this, but let's stand now. You can get some exercise right in the middle of the message. Let's stand with King David writes this, Psalm 27, okay? And it says, When evil men advanced against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Please be seated. So a powerful passage where David is talking about a time where Evil men are advancing against him. There's enemies out to get him. There's foes ready to attack him, to cause him to stumble and fall, to take advantage of him. War is breaking out is against him. And yet he says, my heart will not fear, though war breaks out. And he says, I'm confident. Now, here's, here's, this, here's the shift. First, you've got this calamity, this atmosphere of danger. It's daunting. It's, it's discouraging. And then... Then we see that he says, even then, I will be confident. And here's what he'll be confident of. He had determined in his heart, he says, one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek. One thing, in the midst of all of this breaking out against him, he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This wasn't a a short-term solution. This was him determining, I'm not just going to go down like this. I'm not just going to get swallowed up by bad news. I'm not just going to be a victim and woe is me. Everybody's against me. Everyone's out to get me. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks and da-da-da-da. No, he says, no, I'm going to be enthralled with the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life. That's how my storyline's going to go. Woo, what an opposite spirit. I'm going to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. And I love how it concludes this passage. He goes, seek his face, seek his face. God is unfathomable. And yet he says, come to me. He lives in an unapproachable light. And yet he says, come. He wraps himself in light. And yet he says, come close. I've made a way through Christ Jesus. Come and see my beauty. Gaze upon my beauty. Seek me in my temple. 
And my heart says, there's something in the heart of every believer that says, I will seek him. My heart will seek him. In the midst of all the calamities of mankind and all the bad news going down, here is the end time strategy. You guys remember at the top of the year, the Lord had given me this vision. I'll just recap it. The I am island. Right? Right, Wilson? The I am island. <laughs> For real, man. Uh, and, and in the midst of this swirling, churning storm that was over humanity, people sinking and drowning and confusion everywhere, there was this place of refuge. It's beautiful. It looked like a Caribbean island. And it was, it was the Lord himself. The Lord was the refuge that we could go to in the times that we're in. And that's what David is saying there. Surprise, surprise. Way back then, thousands of years, 3,000 years ago, we see David saying the same thing. Saying, wow, it's the Lord. I will be hidden in the tabernacle of the Lord. In the day of trouble, he keeps me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. He will set me high upon a rock. My head will be exalted. Woo, come on. And he says this. He says, hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. See, there's a transaction. It's a relationship. It's a beautiful relationship that God's called us to. It's not just dead religion. It's a relationship. It's a love relationship. It's a relationship that is a be- the most beautiful relationship you'll ever aspire to or be involved in, and it's an eternal one, and the Lord bids us to come. And he says, I want to hear your voice. I want you to cry out to me. See, here's a, without beauty, without the power of beauty, it's just slavery. That's all it, all it would be. Religion without beauty is slavery. Rules and regulations, trying to pull myself up by the bootstraps and like, I just got to be good enough. I just got to do this. Without the beauty of the sacrifice of Jesus, the, the blood of the lamb, the beauty of God poured out for us, there would be no inspiration. See, when we come to church, for most of us, you know, it's kind of like, in our hearts, we kind of we know we're fallible. We know we got issues. We got sin. We got addictions. And we come to church, and you know it's it's easy for someone to just go do better, do better. And you're like, well, I want to do better. That's why I came to church. I mean, I'm trying to get over stuff and get on with the. the I want to do heroic things for God and all this stuff. And it's easy to just for, to just slap someone with more rules and a heavy burden. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were they were just putting burdens on God's people and not even lifting a finger to take it off. So the people are walking around all strapped up, bound with religion. And Jesus was really ticked off by this. He was like, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a relationship, a love relationship. And so the Lord, he wants to lift that burden off us. And how's he going to do it? I want to suggest to you through beauty. What? Through the beauty of the Lord that we begin to be enthralled by him. Just one glimpse of God. Woo! Just one glimpse and everything can begin to change. Where you're like going, yeah, I got to do better. I'm trying to do better. I'm, you know, and, but, you're, but you're, many people just say, I don't know how. I just, and I'm, I want to suggest to you, it will be found, as David found, in a place of worship in a hidden place, in a secret place, or in a corporate place, but a place where you're declaring the goodness of God and God begins to respond. 
And we begin to catch a glimpse of his majesty, his beauty, and his glory. And all through the Bible, it's interchangeable. You can say beauty and glory. When we talk of the beauty of the Lord, it's the glory of the Lord. I'll put it to you this way. So how many people here are married? All right. God bless the marriages in Jesus' name. Well, it's probably true that you weren't crazy about your wife before you met her, right? You could say that. You weren't crazy about your wife or your husband, right? You weren't crazy before you met them, right? You had to see them. And when, when you began to see, whoo, things began to change. Everything began to change, right? There's something about is when I saw her. I'm telling you, it happened to me. I was slayed. I'm still slayed. She, my, wife, my wife said that to me this morning. She goes, I know, I know. You're crazy about me. I'm like, it took you this long to figure that out? I've been trying to tell you. She goes, I know, I know. <laughs> so, but it, you, you, when you begin to see that kind of beauty, woo, right? It redefined my life. I'm talking about just, just husband and wife situation right now, okay? When, when you... But how much more so, think about this, with God. Because humans are, you know, no matter how much love and romance there is, we're still going to make a mess to some degree, right? We're going to hurt each other. We're going to mess up. We're going to have to learn to forgive and, and trust and all these good things. And, and so, um, but the Lord is perfect. <laughs> He's flawless. And this is the most pristine relationship, safe relationship you'll ever be in, and we get to be enthralled with the beauty of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, day in and day out. And woe be to us if we miss out on that in this life. Right now, it costs us a little something to go there. we got to shut out the world. By faith, we pursue him. We look to him. But right now, there's a sacrifice. There's beauty of sacrifice that the Lord looks to. It's like, who really wants me? He's looking, whose heart is turned, is perfectly turned to the Lord. He's looking across the earth. Where are my children? Who are mine? Who can I show up strong for? I remember there was an old song. Some of you guys remember. This will seriously date myself here. But you you, you all remember the monkeys? So remember this song? Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. (laughs) I'm in love. I couldn't leave her if I tried, right? I remember, I remember that song got me, okay? I remember one of my earliest memories as a young man, uh, we, we were down in my friend's basement, and we had this little LP player, and we put on the monkey record, and then I saw her face, and, and, and we, got our, um, we got hockey sticks. That was our guitars. We're Canadian boys. What, what else are you going to do? And we were, we were like a band, an air band, right? We're, you know, but there's something about when you see his face, you'll become a believer. You don't just have to do better. You'll, you'll be enthralled. You'll be like, are you kidding me? This is the best. This is the pearl of great price. I'll leave everything else for this, for this one, for this beautiful one, this beautiful Jesus. Woo! And we have to create a discipline of coming back to that time and time again through praise, through worship, through thanksgiving, through declaration. And we, it's, it's a rhythm, and you just keep coming back because the devil will sneak up on us and begin to create those little doubts like that perfect garden situation. And here comes the snake. 
And he wants to spoil the beauty of what God has given us, the beauty of that relationship that Adam and Eve had. He is so jealous of it. He's so ticked off that it's not him any longer. He fell from heaven because of rebellion. And we're now the worshipers. Come on. He doesn't have his place anymore around the throne. So humans, by nature, the way God designed us, we appreciate beauty. And we desire to be beautiful. Right, women? There's something that God puts in us that we appreciate. It's, and, and I believe that um, when we come to church, we, we, we begin to beautify one another. There's something about the coming together of the bride, the remembering of the bride. Bring all the members together. But we're motivated. We're inspired by beauty. And we're called to seek his face, his beautiful face. And it takes us, when we get one glimpse, it takes us to greater levels of devotion and holiness that we couldn't get to otherwise. you got to see something. You ever heard the phrase, what you see is what you get? It's true. What you see is what you'll get. If you're not beholding God, if you're not setting the Lord before you and enthralled with him, captivated by him, then, you're, then many times we're looking at other things. We're, we're deviating into other things. And what we see is what we'll get. But we have to behold him. And so perception many times is reality. Or at least it's, perception is your reality. Your perception is your, it might not be the reality, but what you see, how you look at life, how you value life, how you order your time, your priorities, and where the Lord fits in on that, that perception of how that fits, how that comes together, that's your present reality. But the more we begin to see the Lord, things can begin to shift and change and go, man, he is the pearl of great price. Do I have anything better, really, than doing the will of the Lord and walking with him and fellowshipping with him? And so we become like that which we behold. You've heard that said. And to behold means to perceive through sight Watch this. It means to apprehend. See, when we begin to see God, even if it's what the, we sang about it this morning, we begin to see, open my eyes, Lord. You didn't know we were preaching this. Open my eyes, Lord, that I could see you. Open the eyes of my heart that I could see you. And we begin, when you see, the definition says you apprehend, you begin to get a hold of him. To hold him. To hold him close. Uh, the definition of apprehend means to arrest or to seize, becoming aware or to perceive. Isn't this interesting? This whole thing of getting a hold of something comes through perception. What are we looking at? Who are you looking at? Who are you looking to for your, your fix, for your comfort? Some people look to their bank accounts. They're like, oh, I'm a Christian. I go on Sunday. I'll give a tithe. I'll do, you know, but... But their, their, their hope is in cryptocurrency or whatever's next, you know, the next thing. And there's all these things that we can put our, our trust and our faith in. And yet the Lord beckons us to come to him as David did. He learned to do in times of shaking. He is my refuge. He is my island, my safe place. He is my beauty. And the next point is my bounty. Beauty and bounty. These are, now, these are 
I'm talking about beauty as a weapon. I want, I want to just reiterate that. I believe that the beauty of God is, is one of the ultimate weapons that you can use because it'll keep you connected to the Lord. Because you're convinced of his value. Does this make sense? Because the Bible says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we don't treasure God, if we can't see his glory and his beauty, and if we don't revisit that time and time again, a discipline of, of worship, a discipline of praise, a discipline of, of prayer and fellowship and stoking that fire, then it's easy to drift. We become like driftwood. Yeah, where'd you come from? You're all worn out and it's like, some came from somewhere, just drifting out there, wandering. Open my eyes, Lord. We have wandering eyes so easily. We can just go all over the place. But God calls us to his tabernacle. He calls us to a place of prayer and devotion. And it says here, the, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, King James says, or another say your, your eye, other translations say your eye be good or your eyes be healthy. But I actually like this. If your eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. If your eye is single, if you, if you have your priorities straight, you're like, I set the Lord before me. He's the essence of my life. I build my day around him. My time, my treasure, it all revolves like an orbit around the Lord. For where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so bounty, let's talk about that for a moment. Because bounty comes, the bounty that you receive when you, when you get a victory, when you win something, when you win a war, there's bounty, there's bonus, there's payoff. Actually, the, the, the Latin word, it literally means bonus, bounty. It comes from bonus. How many people want some bonus points in this life? It's one thing to just kind of, you know, I got my paycheck, I got my, you know, my dividends, I got, you know, the, what was expected coming in. But isn't it cool when you get a surprise check in the mail or, wow, I didn't know that was coming. Or there's just some bonus points that come your way. I believe the Lord says, I want my people to be bountiful, full of bounty, full of victory. I believe those two are connected. You got to win something to really get the bounty. And it says here, uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 14 says, I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. Can you believe that over your own self? That first of all, you're a royal priest, a chosen generation. Did you, you got that last part up there? Um, and so... And in verse 12, it says, They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, the oil, the young of the flocks and the herds. They will be like a well-watered garden. And they will sorrow no more. Who's ready for that? A time where God brings us no more sorrow, right? All this bounty and blessing and harvest. Then maidens will dance and be glad, and young men and old as well. That means the man, young and old, were dancing with the maidens. Okay, we got everybody's dancing. And I will turn their mourning into gladness, and I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. That's the bounty of the Lord. That's the blessing of the Lord. Now, if you think of a bounty, it also can mean uh, a sum paid for killing or capturing a person or an animal. <laughs> okay? But there's something that I believe the Lord wants to, to show us 
that when we do the works of Jesus, which strike violence in the camp of the enemy, when we do the works of Jesus, when we're setting captives free, we're casting out demons, when we're healing the sick, released from darkness prisoners, there is bounty, there is reward for doing what the Lord called us to do, preaching the good news to the poor. He wants us to receive those blessings, the reward of the Lord. You know, we need to be kind of like bounty hunters. Okay, where's the bad guys? I'm going to catch them. They're terrorizing my people. Does this make sense? And somebody look at me like, what? <laughs> no, I mean, literally, who, who's ever been part of casting out a demon? Seen a demon cast out, or you're part of it, or maybe it was you that came out, you know? You know? This is normal biblical stuff, and it says that it's not, it's not uh, polite little stuff. It says that the demons come out with a loud shriek. It's messy. Everyone's still in it for the kingdom? Everyone's still in it? Some people just don't like a mess, right? They're like, I don't know. It's getting kind of, you know, I will say that dignity is not a fruit of the spirit, right? It's like it, it, when, when, you, when you're going to war and you're fighting for souls, it can get intense. I mean, you can hear voices. You can hear otherworldly things. I mean, I've talked to people. I've, I've, a lot of people that are just literally... Exorcists, that's what they do. They, they literally, they're people that are called in to cast out demons, the, the tough cases that no one else could do. And they got some, some young person that's just filled with demons and people climbing the walls and all kinds of supernatural crazy stuff that you thought was just for the horror movies. Shapeshifters, all that stuff. There are things that happen. And we like to, in a Western world, we're like, wow, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, you know, we don't want to talk about that here. We got a nice, polite church situation. We got our coffee. And don't spill my coffee, by the way. Someone spilled coffee over there. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened over there. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so we like it all tidy and nice. And then you go to Africa, and you're like, oh, this is normal. We got witch doctors. We got, we got things going on. And we need to, you know what? The, you know what we need? All those places, they're so desperate. They're so desperate. And it's so obvious, the work of, of the demonic realm, that we need some Holy Spirit bounty hunters that are going to set captives free. You get the bad guys that are terrorizing the people of God or the, the pre-believers, those who are yet to be saved. Sometimes they get the demons cast out and then they come into their right mind. Then they begin to serve Jesus like we see in the Bible, right? Sometimes the demons come out first and they're like, oh, who, who did that? <laughs> who did that to me? Jesus, is that you? Okay, I'll follow you. I want to declare Jesus the rest of my life. The demoniac. You think of these stories. And so... We have the privilege of winning victories for Jesus, winning souls for Jesus. Psalms 126 verse 5 says this, Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. And so what does that mean? It means there's, there's a burden. When you have a burden for the lost, when you have a burden for your city, there's something that comes on. It's like, man, I got tears through this. I mean, Jesus wept over Jerusalem, right? And so a lot of people don't want to carry a burden. They don't want it to be messy. They don't want to carry a burden. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that sorrow and pain are part of the journey right now, okay? But it needs to be eclipsed with, here, here's, how you get, here's how you get inspired the beauty of God regardless of all the messiness of humanity. 
You come back to that place as David did. But, but there's enemies t- trying to take me out, trying to drag me down. And we come back to the Lord and we get refurbished in the presence of the Lord. Who's ever been refurbished? Times of refreshing in his presence. See, God wants us to begin to live like that. It doesn't make sense to the world. They're like, you need to get your hustle on. Get out there and make stuff happen and, and you know, start a new business and do this and that. And then there's some people that are just enthralled with God. They're like, you know what? Somehow I believe if I give God my first fruits of my time and my treasure, then he'll take care of it. He'll open supernatural doors that no man can shut. He'll, he'll do the heavy lifting. And I get to bless him. And I get to contend and fire weapons of mass destruction into the enemy's camp through the, through the assembly and through the power of agreement. I mean, what are we going to do when you see the kind of calamity and rage coming on nations? It's totally biblical what we're seeing all around us. Insane leaders. We have insane leaders as part of the curse of Deuteronomy. When people don't follow Jesus, people lose their minds. Things don't even make sense. You look what's going down right now. You look at the agendas that are being forced. Look what's happening at Disneyland right now. Look, you, you see this, what's happening, and, and we say, wow, these times are changing, and it's overt. Nothing's hidden anymore. Are you all seeing this? And so the Lord says, where are my bounty hunters? Where are those who are enthralled with the beauty of God, filled to the brim, and then can go forth into the harvest? Yes, we might be carrying the burden, but we have songs of joy. We sow in tears, but we reap with songs of joy. I feel like that's a picture of what happens on Friday nights with Fireplace. Just going out and bringing the songs, but carrying the burden of the Lord for humanity, for the lost, for the poor, for the drunkards, for the prostitutes, for the homeless. Lord, help us. Give us your heart, Lord. Give us your heart, God. How do we pray? How do we stand in such times? How do we stand before you, Lord? How do we behold you? You heard that phrase, who are you beholding to? It actually means an obligation or a a debt. And the Lord says that we're to have no debts among us except the debt to love one another. How much more so do we have a debt to love God? That's who we're beholding to. So we behold him. Amen? Do you all get that one? We behold him and we become like him. And we, and we change our perceptions and we apprehend him in such a way. So on these Tuesdays and, and Fridays and Sundays and any time we can gather, you know, it's so important. We, we set the Lord in the center and we begin to behold him. And God's going to begin to shift things. I believe Nashville is destined for change. I believe this city will become a city of light. I believe the churches are going to begin to wake up after the shaking and the shutdown that we've endured. I believe a shift is coming. There's an awakening. There's been a, a sifting of those who profess his name. Does this make sense? And, I, and we're, we're on the precipice of, of shift, but I believe that it's going to take declaration. It's going to take the anointing. It's going to take the beauty realm. Those who will ascend the hill of the Lord and occupy the high places, but also are not afraid to go into the valleys where the broken are, where the lost are, where the hopeless are, and then back up to the hill, and then back into the valley, and back up to the hill. Everything in between is a little boring. You're, you, you know, we need to live our life where we're like, I'm in, 
I'm, I'm in a place of <laughs> the, the beauty of the Lord. And then we're sharing the bounty of the Lord with the lost and the broken. And then we go get some more. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. I believe one of the most dangerous things that's come upon the American church is boredom and amusement. We just amuse ourselves with the same things the world looks at. And it's because we're bored out of our minds. Why are we bored out of our minds? Because we're not doing the stuff, as they said in the vineyard when it first came out. Doing the stuff. Doing the stuff that what? That Jesus did. I mean, the Lord spoke that to me. He said, those who believe in me will do the things I've been doing and even greater things. And we all go, we get enthralled by that. That's, oh, that's inspirational. That's amazing. Great. And we all get caught up in the greater things. So much of the church has just been stuck like, oh, yeah, yeah, greater things. And then the Lord spoke. He cut in on me about two weeks ago. And he said, the reason you don't see the greater things, especially in the Western church, is because you're not even doing the things. You, you want to skip doing the things that Jesus did and just get right to the greater things. And he said, no, I'm waiting for some people to do what Jesus did. Then I'll add the greater things, faithful with small things, and trust with greater. Oh, there we go. Ding. That's not to discourage anyone. That's to say, what a privilege. We get to do what Jesus did. It's up to God when he puts the bounty, the bonus on us, the greater things. But are we doing, you know, what would Jesus do? It's not rocket science. We go back and we read it and go, this is what Jesus did. That's what Jesus would do. Just apply it, superimpose it onto our generation, our times. Yeah, he didn't have internet, but he had supernatural connection. <laughs> Amen? I know y'all like looking at me like, what is going on here? I'm trying to figure that out too. Lord, let's get a little keyboard action. Is that you? <laughs> Isn't she cute? <laughs> she... Weebles, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> that baby's coming. Soon and very soon. And Bethany, too. Get ready, get ready. Be praying for them. It's soon time. So let's take a moment. This, I kind of I feel like I threw a lot at you, but hopefully it's making sense. Lord, we want to activate our spiritual weapons. We want to be enthralled with this man, Jesus. To see him in the beauty of his holiness. He is the model. He is the example that we're to follow. Doesn't get any better than Jesus walking the earth. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wouldn't it be profound if it could, the same could be said of you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God's love in action. Woo! May it be so, Lord. Raise up a bride, purified bride that set the Lord before her and has been beautified in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you delivered us from slavery, Lord, and you call us into relationship. I just believe that we're supposed to literally start asking for glimpses. Maybe he'll give you more, but at least ask for glimpses of his beauty and his majesty that would in inspire you and motivate you, to move you. When nothing else would move you, you couldn't, you're stuck in a rut, stuck in addictions. 
But here comes the beauty of God. And you're like, wow, that's it. That's so much better. <laughs> that's so healthy. Eternally healthy. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, would you take us to greater levels of devotion and holiness as we behold you, as we see you for who you are. Open the eyes of our heart. We want to know Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We want to embrace you, Holy Spirit. We want to know you, Father God. We want to be perfect as you are perfect. Jesus, you literally told us that. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. How do we go there? How do we get there? Behold him. Apprehend him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's just take a moment and we'll We'll go there and just enjoy the beauty of the Lord. We'll get filled up. Let's do it with with the song you got. sing that. Let's stand up. Let's sing it. Raise your hands to heaven. Behold him. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb of God. (laughs) 